Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 10. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Our special guest this week is the one and only Ken Rooney, a regular contributor to our show over the years. Ken, how are you getting on and uh, give us a scoop on your efforts in Game Week 9. Hi Tonica, I'm not too bad. Uh, thanks for having me back. Um, game Week 9, I got 51 points, which kind of wasn't too bad actually, even though it doesn't sound that impressive. I've never had uh, four players score one point in a game week and been happy with my game week uh, score, so it's a, a new experience for me. Um, my overall rank now is uh, season high 154k, so I had a terrible start to the season, but uh, I'm coming back now. I have to say, um, I have serious envy of you right now because I think 51 sounds amazing. Yeah, 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 it's it's pretty good. I was happy enough. Yeah, it, that's like a hundred points in a, in another week. Um, I think you, how hard it was. I think you doubled uh, Don's score. He almost doubled mine as well. <laughs> more than more than doubled my score. I got a uh, twenty-five measly points um, in this last game week. It was a it was a truly horrific one. Um, I you mentioned there you have a couple of players with one point. My team literally with Robertson on eight points. Other than that. Um, Wilson, um, who do I have? Wilson, Kennedy, Hazard, Lacazette, Alonso, Juan Biscuits, Hennessy. My team was literally a train wreck, 25 points. Um, so, um, by far my worst, my worst game week of the season so far, um, dropped from 12 to 37k. So, um, so Mars is hoping that that is a trend that's going to continue with all my bragging earlier on the season. But um, I know Kylie and you, Ken, will be will be supporting me and hoping that the season takes um, returns to positive ways yet again. I have to say, Don, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm really uh, quite selfishly focused on my own misery right now. Um, <laughs> I can't spare much of a thought for your pain. I after and perhaps I was too gloaty after a couple of. Very nice weeks, but I ended up on 33 minus 4. It's not necessarily the number, it's um, the moves. So I took a four-point hit to remove Pereira, who suddenly decided to score, and Kane. And I brought in Sterling and Firmino in what could be the worst combination of transfers ever. So that was uh, that was really depressing. In general, um, nothing seemed to go right. Mitrovic assist was was good, and uh, Robertson clean sheet. Um, but my my double Wolves defence, who had been so glorious, let me down. And it was I was so convinced that, especially seeing that Watford lineup, that I was going to get two clean sheets again. That when that first goal went in, I thought there was some kind of error with my phone. I was like, well, that's obviously wrong. What's going on here? It's very upsetting, but we move on. Yeah, it's only one week. We don't have to move on. We don't have to move on. Such a brilliant week. It was fantastic, to be fair. Tell us all about it, Maris. (laughs) (laughs) 
42 points. Uh, I'm happy with those, you know? Magic 40 or 30 or whatever you want in this game week. That's very good for you, Maris, yeah. Anyway, it was brilliant, Don. Yeah. It's funny. Don, I thought your phone wasn't working because I got no texts. Like, usually during the week, I'll get a text telling me what, what rank you are or a picture of your rank or, you know, telling me how you're winning. But it's, was your phone working during the week? Like, I, I was a bit worried about you. Like, you seemed very quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, like, like Trump says, um, I've just gotten sick of winning. You know what I mean? We're, I'm, yeah. I'm used to winning so much, I'm just getting sick of it. Yeah. I said it on the pod last week. It's the turning point. I'm going to beat you. Mm. So you've been warned now. <laughs> um, Ken, um, who did you um, who did you end up captaining actually in um, in game week nine? Who did you go for? Uh, I ended up captaining Aguero, which wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. I yeah. did. I didn't quite go for Salah, so but which would have been a slightly better. But uh, yeah, Aguero, and uh, he came through. That's a good idea. Yeah, because that that was the other thing that I did wrong. I captained Sterling, um, and I vice captained Hazard. So it was one of those horrible situations where I already knew Hazard had one point and I'm like, please, Sterling, come on for five minutes, even five minutes right now and give me a chance at something more. So, yeah. I think think it was my first week that actually I had completely, like my um, Son and Mane didn't play a minute, so they were subbed out. But my bench, you know, when the auto subs went in, my bench reads like literally zero, 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 zero. Um, all across the board. Um, it was a truly horrific game week. But uh, you know what? I think uh, hopefully it'll be getting the bad luck out of the way in one game week and um, and we can move on to, to, to better times in game week 10. Um, I know Mars and Mars and Kane, you're relatively happy, but I speak for myself and Kylie when, when I say we, we hope to forget the game week that, uh, that we've just seen. Um, let's move on. Actually, we want to give the update for the Three Amigos FBL Classic League. Um, top spot in it is uh, Steve Bibbing. He's still on top spot. He's a total of 642 points. Um, he came up with 57 points last week, so um, he would have beaten even even Ken's stupendous 51 points. Um, second place is <laughs> second place is Ian Cooper's uh, Beersley's Pochies, and in third place is Paul Jones at Sky Player in FPL. Um, on 620 points there's um, an excellent I think it's actually a go down all the way down to top 12 to have broken the 600 point barrier so um, excellent start to the season from all of those Marzi baby we always give you of course the microphone for a few minutes on the podcast when you can have your rant of the week so um, I'm looking forward to hearing what this is going to be this week yeah so my rant of the week this week is about defending the lack of it and where did the art of defending go? All these managers and players are so hell-bent on playing from the back that they forgot the basics. I mean, if you look at Leicester against Arsenal, so open, it was ridiculous, and that amount of mistakes that they made. Arsenal themselves were not much better. But my, my special rank goes to Alonso. If I was a Chelsea player, I would be absolutely hammering him until now. To to do you know to fall down in the area and then carry on when there was nothing wrong with him because he got up afterwards and he was fine, and basically that's when United scored. And if he was standing, he he needed to to be just standing on one foot to stop the ball getting to Martial. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And players need to be called out for it and you know and stop doing that. Play to the whistle, right? And and don't let your team down. Well, you know we need more of uh, the Carragher's and the Terry's and the Ferdinands or whatever and forget about. You know, the, the first rule of defenders is to defend, 
and then go and score or do the fancy stuff. So that's what, as a defender, that really annoys me. Yeah, it's a it's a very subdued rant this week, Mars. Normally you're it giving, is, yeah, yeah, it, and it's a very sensible one. It's like you've grown up or something. Um, but uh, you know it's very true. The um, the non celebration after a team a player scores against his old team is one thing that wrecks my head, and also that um, you know the kicking the ball out of play when a lad is just sitting on his arse and is clearly perfectly fine. Yeah, and then the, the other one which got a mention which made me really laugh was uh, Fulham. Fulham as overall they just can't defend. But I think it was uh, Tom Campbell in his uh, review of match of the day said, "I'm sure Reem was drunk." And it wouldn't surprise me if he was. The way he was defending in that game against Cardiff was absolutely atrocious. But maybe that's just down to ability, whereas Alonso just decided to fall down and roll around. So uh, we'll forgive Reem for that. For being drunk. <laughs> for being drunk, yeah. Um, the t- big topic of the week, Mers and Kylie and Ken, um, is, of course, what to do about Harry. Um, I tweeted out that um, I got Harry Kane in for two game weeks expecting big things for him got rid of Aguero managed to because I had a little bit of cash in the bank brought in um, Kane and felt really clever and really smart um, but it blew up in my face six points from my captain over those two game weeks um, really didn't do anything for uh, for my point balance um, but managers who do have him in I guess we'll have a broader discussion on what to do with Kane um, but also the discussion about form over fixtures um, Ken, um, is it something that as you've gotten more experience as an FBL manager, you've just avoided doing too much? And one player, one team that I actually want us to talk about a bit, because I've mentioned them before, and I know Mars is an opinion on them, is Arsenal. For me, Arsenal are probably the second top, the second most informed team in the Premier League behind Man City. And in terms of their attack, you need to have members from it and people are a bit scared away by the rotation and the kind of a little bit of unreliability with Arsenal. Uh, I suppose through the years I've kind of learned to trust form slightly more over fixtures if you have to kind of make a decision between the two. I think we do look at fixtures and it's very valuable to look at them especially this year, especially this season actually with just three terrible teams so I think it's a good idea to target uh, players against those teams. But if it's a kind of 50-50 choice, I would go for form first, definitely. I've just often bought players just based on fixtures alone. And they're players who just aren't playing well. And players who aren't playing well, they're usually not going to score your points. Um, as far as Arsenal go, I just, I, you just have to avoid their defence straight away. I know Bellerin got you know a good score recently and he might be one, but I, I think... You know, it's FPL and you, you really have to have a razor, a laser focus on the players. And for me, Lacazette is the only Arsenal player who I would really look at myself. I don't trust Ozil and I, I don't really trust any other player in that team. So I'd be looking for Lacazette if you want to get on board the Arsenal train. But anyone else, they're just doing consistent and, and you know, rotation prone for me. Yeah, do you think though Ozil, Ozil was one in the preseason. He was doing his usual impressing in the preseason. Um, he's gotten the captaincy from Arsenal. He seems to be wearing the captain's armband. I don't know whether that's just a thing with injuries or whatever, but he seems to have a little bit of, um, more of his old focus. Um, again, so he's somebody that, that I potentially would look at. 
Um, but I, I do know what you're saying with Arsenal. It's just I, I think that they, they just they're the one team that, as well as City, who seem to be putting in, you know, scoring for fun, and they really look like they're clicking. Um, and whilst I have only Lacazette as well, and I might be kind of talking out of two sides of my mouth here, you know, when you're talking about going, well, I think managers need to be a little bit more open to having well at least one Arsenal player in their team, but even potentially two. Um, I mean, Ozil isn't that expensive. Ramsey isn't that expensive. Um, they're not that much to, to actually fit them in. Well, Ozil, though, the part of the issue with having him is, aside from the fact that he can disappear in matches, he also has such a bad habit of not appearing in the squad because of mystery illnesses and, and back issues and various other things. And I can't remember a time when... This has happened and we've had any kind of notice. It's funny because just before he missed, so I think it was the previous match that he had missed and he was in Paul's team and we were joking on the Friday. He was saying, oh, you know, it's a great fixture and I think Ozil will do something. And I had said, yeah, well, if he shows up because he might just go missing and and not be in the squad on on Saturday because of, uh, you know, some back spasm or something. And lo and behold, he wasn't in the squad. This happens so often with him that it's, it's just one of those things that can be quite frustrating. He is on form though, definitely when he's played, but he, he's just so unreliable and he can just disappear so quickly that I'm, I'm not convinced about him. I obviously love Lacazette. Uh, even though he didn't deliver in the horror game week. And I attribute that more to the fact that there was just a curse last week and, and it was what it was. But at his price, he's a great option. People could look towards Ramsey, but I don't think that there's a need to double up on them. You know, their fixtures are going to, they're getting trickier. I would trust in form more than fixtures, um, certainly. I don't, for example, I get, I'm very happy when a player who is in form has great fixtures. That's excellent. But just because a player has great fixtures but doesn't have form, I won't get them in. Um, but I think with Arsenal's fixtures kind of less shiny than they have been um, going forward, I think Lacazette is enough. Nice one. And Mersey, what's your, what's your thinking on form over fixtures and Arsenal in particular? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I completely agree with Ken. I think you, if it's 50-50, you definitely go with um, with form. Uh, there are some teams that you can uh, target. Now, saying that, we targeted Cardiff with Kane, and he did nothing, but maybe it's a sign, because he. Uh, we said before that he, okay, he had scored a, a brace in the, in the game before, but we've always said, and, and I even said it on the pod, if you go with Kane, it's going for the fixture over form. I decided to make that move and I quickly rectified it. Um, look, Spurs in general for me I just have not impressed me from an FPL point of view. Um, Kane just does not look involved. In fact, he wasn't even mentioned on match of the day. Um, and, and I think he was sixth in touches or uh, on the ball or something like that in, in the game, in the last game against West Ham. Um, so, for me, Kane won't be coming back into my team. I might look at him there. From 
week uh, game week 15 onwards their fixtures get a little bit better or maybe 14 when when it's the derby against Arsenal um if their form gets better or if Kane for example picks an injury and then recovers and he's rested I might look at him but at the moment my premium forward will continue to be Aguero because although he's playing 66 minutes uh he's scoring and to be honest he could have had uh, three against Burnley uh and should have had more more points now uh, talking about Arsenal I've said this before and I'll say the same thing Arsenal when they turn it on can be one of the best teams to watch um in the Premier League, uh, more so than Liverpool this year, right? Um, and even more than City for me, sometimes the way they played. The, the third goal um, yesterday was just ridiculously amazing. Um, mind you, if that back heel in the middle of the park went somewhere else, we would be saying, why did he back heel it? But it didn't, and they, they scored a great goal. The one touch was, was just ridiculous. However, Leicester played... I mean, Leicester should have been ahead more, and easily should have had a penalty with, with uh, Holding putting his hand up. Um, so had they gone 2-0 up, uh, you, you know, apart from what my dad says, you don't know what would have happened now if Leicester <laughs> carried on. Um, and I think if you bully Arsenal and if you don't play an open game against them, uh, they could struggle. So, let you know, yes, I like them. And I definitely like their attacking players. Now, uh, if I told you that, uh, who's the second highest scoring forward after Aguero? Give me a shout. Second highest scoring out. Um, Second highest forward scorer after Aguero. That is a tough one because um, there's been just a bunch of them in it's probably the same. Fluctuated, yeah. Sure. Um, so second, come on, have I'll a go, guess. Um, well, I'll go with Lacazette, but I okay. don't think it is. Kylie, who do you think it is? Um, Wilson. Okay. Ken. I cheated. I'm just looking ah, at yeah, yeah, no, those textures. <laughs> so it's Boomerang. <laughs> no, I know. Aubameyang has scored more yeah. than that. Uh, it? so. yeah. It's Boomerang. Oh, yeah. It's Boomerang with 55 points. Now people are saying, yeah, go with Lacazette. Uh, to be honest, I actually prefer Boomerang just because I like him more as a player. I like Lacazette. But, um, you know, yes, he hasn't been playing, but he's coming on and scoring goals. Apparently, he's, he's, it's better when he's on the bench. Yeah. yeah. Well, as, it, as, it, as, as an so. owner, I think I'd be happier if I saw him on the bench at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so th- there's there's options with Arsenal. Definitely stay away from their defenders. I don't rate them at all. Uh, okay, Bellerin is good, but you know it's a roller coaster. They will concede, and you just hope he. You're definitely hoping that he will he will um, do what he did yesterday and uh, assist, although he scored an on goal. But, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, uh, you look at their fixtures and they've got some tough fixtures, then an easy fixture, then a tough fixture. I guess the reason I didn't have Lacazette, and we mentioned that last week, is his his price range is, is awkward. And you have to sacrifice somewhere. Because I've got, for example, and, and a lot of people have similar where they have one premium and then two seven and below, for example, right? So for me to upgrade my seven or my six uh, to Lacazette, it needs two moves. So once I've done the surgery in my team for example my next my next one is Mendy I want to get him back in I might look at Lacazette or a boomerang or something like that or something happens to Aguero and he gets injured and I don't want to go Kane I might look at them but at the moment I can survive without them although yesterday I was a little bit worried and that miss from Lacazette was just ridiculous I was laughing yeah. Well, I, I think I the, the, the game yesterday was like the perfect um, troll end to the game week for, for us because, you know, it Lacazette was. starting, Aubameyang on the bench and going, yeah, yeah. This, this game week might actually have a positive turn. 
and then what happened it was uh, it it was it was painful but um you know as as you mentioned there i think the thing with kane and i put salah in the same thing to be honest which is until they show the kind of form that they have shown in the past they'll be staying out of my team again i'm not going to be bringing kane back again at his price tag until he's actually banging them in again um, yeah because i i definitely took a bit with of a salah, punt. With, yeah with salah i've still got him I, from what, the, the complete difference between Kane and Salah is Salah's actually making chances. He's creating some chances. He's missing a few. Whereas Kane, in some games, is just anonymous. Unless it's a penalty. But Salah um, is missing a yeah, lot. I mean, so he is, he is. And, he is. And I'm still hoping for that hole. You know, you hope the next one, you hope it's, you, you know, if, uh, I'm personally hoping he's rested tomorrow, put on the bench, and then he's fresh for Cardiff. But. I'm not taking it for granted that he's going to go score four against Cardiff, but I'm hoping he gets back into the form that we know. He's, he's been unlucky um, in, in some cases, but he missed a lot last year. It's just the ones that he didn't miss actually went in. Like Obviously, there's a difference in Liverpool, the way they're playing between last year and this year so far from what I'm seeing, especially the forwards. And some say it's the more the midfield that is not creating enough. Whatever it is, something is is different and as a Liverpool fan you hope it clicks because we're defending really well but we just need and we need to now just go back and score more and you hope as an FPL player and a Salah owner that he's the one who starts getting the goals. You can get the feeling that hopefully Salah is kind of playing himself into form a little bit but uh, Kane's last game was just a bit of a disaster you know I mean he got a he got he had an XG of 0.09 over the game which is it's pretty bad now I I can take XG with a pinch of salt. It's not it's not the be all end all by any means. But if you look at his heat maps, you can see he's clearly just he's all over his his receiving passes and touches all over the place. And you know his he's not even really creating much. His expected assist was even worse. It was 0.02. Uh, in the last game, now he only had nine touches in the final third and received three passes in the final third. That's not what you want from a 12.5 million striker. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and if you look at his average position for the third time now this season, it was in the centre circle. You're he, you know you're not <laughs> you're not going to get a bunch of goals from that. That's that's not what I'm paying that money for. I avoided the Kane bear trap now, thankfully, but uh, I can see why people went for it. But I think I think now is the time you just have to cut your losses and, and get rid of them. I happen to notice that the official FBL account was bigging up Steve Cook of the Bournemouth, um, the Bournemouth defender, and in particular um, his his teammates, including including their goalkeeper. Um, but what's your thinking on this Bournemouth defence, which seems to be gathering a few points despite the fact that it was a bit of a laughing stock earlier on in the season? And um, what's your thinking on Begovic? People who own Begovic, people are thinking about moving on to him. Their fixture list looks like it's toughening up quite a lot. Um, so do you think that they're they, is is Begovic and his Bournemouth defensive compatriots are they bonk marry or stalk candidates for yourself? No, I don't understand block, why. Are they block on Facebook? <laughs> it's it's the latter. I mean, he he's twelfth in the goalkeeper ranking. Um, I mean, if you look at the people above him, and I was surprised, like. McCarthy from Southampton, even your man Pickford, um, Etheridge from Cardiff. Hart, He's not my man, Mars. Hennessy. I know, I just had to say that. <laughs> he was. Yeah. He was. I did it. And then you got rid of him and he saved a penalty. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we move on. Um, 
So no, I don't. And you look at their you look at their fixture list, and it's uh, actually quite horrendous coming up. Um, so I'm a bit surprised, but then I'm sure once the official FPL decided to uh, tell you to buy somebody who was ineligible or injured. Um, so um, they sure they very they very rarely done um, as bad as when they recommended Mkhitaryan though after he had a price drop. Yeah, that, that was phenomenal. They've got um, they've got Fulham, Man United, Newcastle, Arsenal, Man City. Mm. I mean, yeah, you don't want you don't want to have a defender up against them or a goalkeeper or a goalkeeper. There's um, so many other goalkeepers doing better. Speaking so, of them, actually, um, Matt Ryan is actually the guy that I know. I know we've spoken about him last week, but he had another great game week this week, and the Brighton defense looks top quality. Um, which I'm choosing to ignore Jordan Pickford with his big troll head, but um, the second placed keeper in game week nine, of course, was um, Kylie's fellow Aussie. Um, he's now at 20 points in the last two game weeks. Um, what's your thinking on him? Is he? And I want to particularly kind of gauge what the what what your assessment is now after another good game week. Um, is he kind of moving up the ranks ahead of the likes of Patricio for you, or is the Wolves' defense? Do you think that the game week nine blip will be just that a blip? I think it will be it will be a, a a blip. Maybe I don't know. We forgot how good Watford were because they've had a great start. Uh, I think I was as surprised as everybody. Listen, Ryan is a great option if you need to fix your keeper. For me, a keeper is that position that I don't like to waste a transfer on unless I absolutely have to, which is I'm downgrading from a premium keeper to a, to a cheaper keeper. Would Definitely, I would consider Ryan. Or if my keeper is suddenly injured and I don't have a backup. Otherwise, I'll just stick with the keeper that I get. And at the moment, I'm with Patricio and I'm staying there unless I see something alarmingly bad, right? Now, but if you look at Ryan, his next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven fixtures are, are, are brilliant. And Brighton are quite strong at home. And then they go and, and win at Newcastle, who are also strong at home, and keep a clean sheet. So he's definitely an option. For me, he'll be a stoke. But if you look into downgrade, he's definitely an option that you need to look at. One thing I think he's a, he's a great move for, uh, for I've had Hennessy, and I'm moving from Hennessy to him. Um, this game week because the Crystal Palace fixtures it's a horror show exactly. for the next three or four game weeks so um, it's definitely yep. a, it's definitely a move that, that I'd recommend and, and from that point of view yes uh, yeah definitely thanks a million Mersey uh, Kylie move on to the defenders um, Rudiger was the top goal scorer or the top point scorer in defence this game week um, and he still only has 3% ownership um, how do you view the potential of the Chelsea defender and are those managers bringing him in are they chasing points or is he likely to repeat on his heroics of game week 9 well this is an interesting one because there's definitely a case to be looking outside of Alonso, right? We know Alonso had a, a phenomenal start to the season. Uh, he was getting assists everywhere and and he was just continuing to do what he does best. But certainly in the last number of weeks, I mean, he hasn't had an attacking return since game week four, I believe. And he's looked far less likely. His statistics are down in that quarter as well. Um and, and there's a sizable price gap between them. So Rüdiger has one goal and one assist so far and, and five bonus. He's playing every match. I think there was one match where he came off in the 68th minute. And to be honest, as a defender, that's that's not usually a bad thing. Um, 
but but he's playing the rest of the time and he's more than a million cheaper. You've then David Luiz who's playing every minute as well and he's 1.5 cheaper. And if you look at them, obviously they're they're all going to benefit from Chelsea's ability to keep a clean sheet. So we're talking about the attacking returns exclusively here and then really the price difference. Um in terms of the underlying stats, comparing Rudiger with Alonso, so Rudiger's averaging 1.5 over the last four per match to Alonso's one attempt. Um, his BPS average is higher at 24.5 compared to 17.8 for Alonso. And um, the the only area in which Alonso's slightly better is that he is slightly more penalty area touches than Rudiger. Obviously, that's something that we like to see as well. But for the larger amount of money, you you really do want to see more from Alonso. He's seven million now. That's really pricey when we have the likes of Mendy, who is only just coming back in, and he's not necessarily in everyone's teams because he was sold off by a lot of people. I think it's hard to go from Alonso to Rudiger, even though there's a there's a price gap there. But I think if for some reason you don't have Alonso in your team and you want to get in on Chelsea, there's absolutely a case for going for him. Um, purely because I do think that Alonso is going to start at some point to show his flair but this isn't one or two matches where his attacking output has decreased. This is over a series of matches. So it's definitely down at the moment and people aren't looking like they're going to be severely punished. So, you know, I would say if you already have Alonso, I'd probably just call him a stalk because I'm not convinced that I'd waste the transfer. But if you don't have Alonso in there, then maybe he's a bonk. You're not, you don't need Rudiger to get a goal every game, but if he's looking likely, at least as likely, if not more likely, than Alonso, then why not? Great underlying stats there, Kylie. Thanks a million. Uh, Don, I'm not sure. Like, uh, I think with Rudiger, I think, though, the question you have to kind of ask yourself is, is he worth 0.4 more than David Luiz? And I'm just not convinced he, yeah. he is, you know. Uh, you're still going to get the same kind of clean sheet points. And I, I think David Luiz has some attacking returns in him at some point, you know. I did a quick uh, stats comparison between the two and if you take take taking out the last game week, which would kind of skew Rudiger's stats a bit, and uh, the numbers are really quite similar. Rudiger does have more shots now, but I'm just not sure it's um, uh, 0.4 million is, is worth it for that, you know. I would completely agree. I think if you're looking at Rudiger, then why aren't you looking at David Luiz? Because um, he is cheaper and he's playing in he's he looked really good in the last match so i yeah i think um i think it opens the door to be looking at him for sure and not necessarily as a a sort of crappy lesser option than alonso i think uh, people will be on their deathbed in about 30 years time going um I think David Luiz is a goal in him. I 100% agree, though. He's uh, for the point four. It's kind of hard to argue for Rudiger unless we see kind of um, a repeat performance of his uh, of his goals from um, or at least getting in goal scoring opportunities. This basically yeah. means Luiz is going to score next game week, guys. So if you plan to bring him 100%, in, 100% get on just him. Bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ken, move on to the midfielders. 
um, Anthony Marshall. He's a pre-season favourite um, who fell on hard times, but he's returned to dominate in the last couple of game weeks for United. Is Marshall, though, in this United side with their upcoming fixture list um, and a notoriously fickle manager, is he a bonk, marry or stop player for you? Well, the thing with Martial is, I mean, he is a punt. As on, I think as long as you realise that that's what he is, then you can kind of go for it. It's, it's Now, he's been quite fortunate. He's gotten three goals from three shots in his last four game weeks, which you could say isn't isn't that sustainable. But, you know, I'm all, I'm all for kind of economy of effort, but I'd, I'd want more shots from an upper mid-priced uh, midfielder. The thing is, it's... Whether you buy Martial or not, it, it completely just depends on what's happening with Alexis Sanchez, because for that left midfield position. Uh, now, we just got news tonight that uh, Sanchez had a groin injury that he got on international duty, even though he played five minutes for Man United. So all, all that's just a, a bit muddled, and I think he could be next for um, for the no, for Mourinho's naughty step as well, just to make an example, which he he always has to have one player on it, you know? So looking at it, like Sanchez played 28 minutes in the last uh, three game weeks. Martial played 243 minutes, which is encouraging. But then in the previous six game weeks, Martial played just 105 minutes altogether. So really, if you think Sanchez is going to be out, or if we hear Sanchez is going to be out, then I think he's he could definitely be be worth uh, be worth a punt. But it it all really just depends on that. I mean. You're you're just kind of letting yourself in for a bumpy ride if you're getting a Manchester United midfielder in general. I mean, I look back and Mourinho has used all three subs in every league match this season, and 22 out of the 27 substitutes substitutions were midfielders coming off. So, if you want a bit of excitement and if you think Sanchez <laughs> is going to be out for a while, go for it. But um, I've, I'm just I'm just an old guy and an old conservative FPL player, and I, I'd rather someone like Madison. <laughs> just, just for an easy life, you know. Um, to Ken, that that stat, that stat was um, beautiful. And if you want more of that kind of stat, of course, check out um, Ken's article on the Irish Examiner website, which you will find him. Um, he promotes his tweet, his tweet later on in the week. Um, but uh, Ken, I have to say too, the Cork accent is the most chilled accent in the world. So um, that <laughs> that quote from you saying, um, I do appreciate economy of effort. I did enjoy just, that one as well. It's perfect. perfect. <laughs> and I have to agree, I think you hit the nail on the head with your opening statement. If you're looking at Martial, you have to know and recognise you're looking at him as a punt because it is the definition of a punt. It could be one that pays off, no question. But wow, is it going to be stressful to own him. You just never know with Mourinho. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, Kylie, um, Bobby Reed, so up in the forwards. Um, he's a player I had an eye, my eye on in the preseason due to a good reputation in the championship, but I quickly disregarded him when I saw how poor Carter were in attack. Um, he came good, though, in game week nine. Looking at his underlying stats and Cardiff's form and fixtures, is Bobby a bonk, marry, or stalk player for yourself? Wow. Look, my... <laughs> Here's the thing. There's, there's lots of things we can say about him. He's low-owned. He's cheap. You know, he did well in the last fixture. But let's let's focus on the fact that, A, we're talking about Cardiff. And then you know it's bad when I say that's not even the worst part of it. B, we're talking about Cardiff playing Fulham. I mean, Fulham 
in defence are so bad, so bad, that Card have scored, what, four goals against them? I mean, it's just, it's mind-boggling. They are not going to play Fulham every week. And frankly, Fulham seem to have the ability to make all of their opponents look like Barcelona. So I'd, I'd take it with a pinch of salt. He has really inconsistent minutes, and, and it's not just during injury periods or anything. They've been inconsistent throughout the whole season. I guess the the big benefit with him is, again, his price and then the fact that they do have Liverpool, but then they have a nice run of fixtures after that. So if you're feeling really punty or you're looking to get a fifth uh, sorry, a third striker in who you won't necessarily be fully reliant on, then maybe he's your man. I do think that for quite a small amount more, if you're looking at the circa 5-5 range, there are viable options who have the ability to score and are playing consistent minutes. I just wouldn't be looking at Bobby Reid. He, he's not even on my watch list. He's not even a stalk for me. I just think with Bobby Reed, you need to have either a strong fifth midfielder so he can play 3-5-2 or strong four at the back to play 4-4-2, apart from the odd game where they're going to be playing at home against the weak team. Now I've said that, he'll probably score against Liverpool, but you yeah. know, apart but from that's that. It. So. I just don't think that he can be part of your view of your starting eleven. Without... No, he's definitely a squad player. Absolutely yeah. a squad player. I feel like if you have a wild card team um, and you need you need somebody who's playing or might score once in a while. Yeah, and why why would you why would you just take up your third striker position with a player you're not going to play? You know, I mean, there's there's lots of as as Kylie said for an extra point five million you can get a Jimenez or, or an Ings. You know, just and yeah. they they can score goals the odd time and you can you'll be feeling okay playing them. It's 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 a waste of money. Great name though, classic footballer name. Just like uh, Roy the Rovers. He'd like reading he the sounds Roy like Rovers. yeah, he was part of the 66 World Cup winning squad. He? <laughs> yeah, he has that phone from. Well, that's uh, important. Let's, let's move on to our Baldwin and Barlow captain picks. Um, Ken, come to you first as our guest. Um, it is, of course, just Tuesday night and we have Champions League games still to come. But um, at the moment, who you and you're looking at your own team, who are you looking at as your Barlow? That's your your boring captain pick. And if you're feeling a bit ballsy, who's your bold one captain pick? Well, with uh, with grim determination, I'm I'm going to be captaining Salah because I have to. Because if I don't, then what have I been doing for the past uh, six weeks or so? You know, against Cardiff at Anfield, and I'll be probably looking to move him out soon after that. But I I, I kind of have to do that just to make myself feel okay. <laughs> Justifying your decision, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just you know I don't really have a choice. And if you're feeling risky, if if Salah, say if Salah, there's there's talk of maybe he plays a full 90 and you're thinking, God, I think he might be rested, um, who would you be going for if you're feeling a bit frisky? Well, I would be thinking of giving a last try to, uh, to Ryan Fraser against Fulham. I yeah, guess. the Bournemouth, Bournemouth yeah. boys. This is definitely their last hurrah for. Um, yeah. They frustrated a lot, but um, this, this but if Fulham. they can't do it against Fulham, they can't do it against anyone. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. Um, and how about yourself, Kylie? Um, who's likely to be your Barlow for game week ten? 
Okay, so Barlow for me is uh, Hazard. Uh, hopefully there is no substance to this uh, back injury concern. Um, that seems to be oh, the one up. keeping them out of the Champions League. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's how that's how viable that article is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, people before before the, that article, um, there were a lot of suggestions that he'd been sort of touching his back a lot or whatever. So, in any case, hopefully he's fine because he would be my choice. I do not have Salah and I do not have Aguero, who are the other safe options. Um, arguably, I mean, I know Aguero doesn't have a great fixture, but he is still certainly consistent. Um, outside of Hazard for my Baldwin pick, I do like the suggestion of Bournemouth against Fulham because Fulham, um, but I have trust issues with Fraser. I would probably go for Firmino, even though he's done nothing to earn it. Um, but he is in my team now after the horror week that was, and he's my only attacking asset from Liverpool. So I would probably just put it on him as a hit and hope. That would be um, an extremely risky one, but that would be nearly following along with Ken's team of he's held on to Salah this long, so he has no choice, so he's feeling on, I have to pick him as my captain. You're kind of, I think, trying to justify your your move last week, aren't you? Trying to make yourself feel a bit better about it. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. also, I mean, it's one of those things. So it's a, a justification cycle that I'm in. Um, but also, I uh, I feel like he owes me. So um, I'm giving him. I'm being gracious enough in in giving him an opportunity here. I'm not actually going to captain him, but you know. Hypothetically, yeah, but um, I, I don't think I don't think Bobby's going to do anything for you, Kylie, because he's a good buddy of Manny, and the, he knows what you did to Manny. But um, we'll move on to Mars, and we don't want to go into this again, Kylie. No, you know? it's harsh. You know, it's, it's harsh. You betrayed him. I didn't. But, um, <laughs> Mars, tell us who's going to be your Barlow for game week ten. Yeah, Barlow's been on Salah, and it's not moving unless something uh, miraculously happens. I don't believe in this. I've spent this much that I need to captain him. It's just a fixture for me. And I think he is scoring um, at home. Let's see. Let's see. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and then my Barlow, oh, sorry, my Baldwin. Uh, there's a couple that, are, that I'm looking at. Definitely one is Wilson because of they're playing Fulham. Or Madison at home to West Ham, who also away from home sometimes can be quite... Yeah. yeah. I'd be um the I'm I'm on Hazard because like that I don't have Salah, um so Hazard would be like Kylie he'd be my um my Barlow captain pick. If I was going ballsy, um Robertson would be someone that I'd be thinking of in terms of um a Baldwin captain pick because against Cardiff at home I think there's a clean sheet coming. Um he's a bonus. You just magnet. jinxed it. No, Mars, Mars, every time I mention Liverpool thinking that they're going to do well, I don't think I have that much of an effect on the Liverpool um, the Liverpool attack or the Liverpool defence. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I can't say anything about Liverpool before Mars thinks that I'm jinxing them. I know, it's unbelievable. But don't put yourself down, you know, maybe they listen. 
but he he obviously has a very high opinion of of me like that I have some sort of a a route straight into the Liverpool psyche but um, no Hazard Hazard against Burnley Burnley look um, other than that one game week um, they look atrocious now having said that Aguero I mean against Spurs you wouldn't be shocked Spurs haven't looked anything like rock stars in defence and um, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be majorly surprised to see it's him interesting, yeah. a couple of goals. It's an interesting one because I saw uh, Matty FBL versus uh, he put Aguero's record, and Aguero had scored in a lot of games against Spurs, but in the last five, nothing. Um, so he has a good record up until the last five, which is quite interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, he's definitely a man, a man definitely in form, and um, it'd be hard as much as it is kind of in a way, you know, guys. It's actually an interesting one to tie into our form versus fixtures debate because if you're looking at a form player in an, in a tough fixture, and we're talking about Salah, who hasn't been bad, but I mean, he has been a bit wasteful in front of goal and hasn't been clicking. You can tell on him the way he's playing; he's just not happy with himself. Um, it is it is almost the definition of the form versus fixtures debate. It's a tough one because it, yes, it's form. Aguero scoring once a game, but it's a tough fixture, right? So it is one of those that you know, like I can see goals in it, but because I have other options, I would sway away from Aguero and hope he he scores. If I didn't, then I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate with captaining Aguero. Nice one, um, folks. Let's move on to our listener question section of the show. Um, and we got a ton in, so um, we'll we'll try to get through them in as quickly as possible. So first up um, on my list, I have FBL Dondinho. He was um, now his question is to do with um, his own lineup, and he's just wondering what what would we suggest him to do with his uh, two free transfers. And um, we'll answer that one for you on Twitter because it's a lot easier um, to basically answer it if we have the team sheet in front of us. Um, Tash at NJ Per was asking, and Ken will give this one to you, um, would you transfer Laka and Siggy out for Salah and Vokes for a minus four? So what's your thinking on that one? Not a chance. You know, Laka and, and Siggy mm-hmm. are um, they're two informed players. You don't sell your informed players, you know? And it's uh, Vokes, like we were saying earlier, you know, why would you get Vokes? You can get Ings, Jimenez, you know, just for another while, just for another bit of money. So no, no, I wouldn't go for mm-hmm. that at all. That's the desperation kind of move, and it's understandable, but that's what everyone kind of wants to determine, saying, I have to get Salah in for this game week. Well, it's not worth it if you want to destroy your team. Exactly. You're hoping that Lacazette doesn't score. You're hoping Sigurdsson doesn't score, even though he's. I think they're playing United, right? So, yes, it's mm. a tough game, but still. And then you're hoping that Salah will score more than four, and those two don't score. It's, it's, a, big, it's a big gamble. Big gamble. Very big gamble. Um, Mersey Sankul or Mandavia was asking so um, he said he had a rough week but he's wondering if Sterling will play against Spurs so um, it's a million dollar question with pep rotation but um, he's he's noticing of course the Champions League fixtures and it is a big game so what's your thinking on that one Mersey do you think will we see Sterling against Spurs yes yes I think we will see Sterling against Spurs look I said I said it last week I said I wouldn't be surprised if Sterling is rested against Burnley because City can afford to rest him. Um, now that he's had his rest, yes, he played tonight, but I do think he will start and he will start the next few games as well for, for City. And he's one of those players that will just that that can easily cause damage. So if you've got him, you don't sell him. 
Yeah, in a way, it's sometimes with these big clubs, if a player's rested, that's exactly the wrong time to sell them because they've kind of got their rotation out of the way. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, it's one of those things. Um, Ken, come to you on this one. Andre L, that's Andre L zero three one three, was asking. He's forty seven on the week and he's green arrow, so well done, Andre. Um, he's looking for a differential to replace Mora with. So he's looking at possibly between Barkley or Lamella. Also, is a time to dump Alonso for Mendy. So um, what's your thinking, Ken? Uh, I'm, I definitely dump Alonso for Mendy if that's what you want. If, if you want, if that's the only way you can bring in Mendy, I think Mendy is an absolute must-have. I got him in game week one, and I, I kept him through his injury and everything. I'm just glad to kind of have him back now. So people have kind of forgotten how good he is. He's just an assist every game. So definitely get him. If you need to dump Alonso to do it, then, you know, do it. Uh, I, I wouldn't bring in either of them. They're, I mean, they you can't you can't rely on them to start any game, really. Uh, Barkley isn't really a starter for Chelsea, and... Uh, Lamella has actually talked about how he has to manage his, the, his own minutes and how he can't play every game. So I, I definitely I wouldn't go for either of those. Uh, maybe Madison if if you want something reliable again, but uh, I'd, I'd avoid the two of them. Yeah, your uh, the rotation the rotation risk. It's an interesting one with uh, Alonso to Mendy. Um, because I have Alonso and I I was one of the many who got rid of Mendy in his injured period. Um, I'm looking at his fixtures. Mendy, he has two kind of tough fixtures in the next three in terms of he's up against, um, and I don't have the fixture list right in front of me, but I know he's up against two good attacking teams. So probably, possibly you're relying on um, on attacking points for that. I'm hoping that I'll be able to survive without him for a game week or two. But, uh, why don't, why don't you do that, Dodica? You do that. Yeah, but he's definitely looking like like Mendy. Like he is basically a, a midfielder that you have a Man City midfielder at his price. So um, so he's definitely one that I want to get in my team. But uh, but I don't. I at the moment I'd have to take a hit to take out Alonso for Mendy. So I'm hoping I'll be able to survive. But um, thanks thanks Ken for your support and hoping that I'll make it make it there. No problem. FBL El Clasico Mars was asking, he's looking for Man City defensive cover, so um, he's thinking between Mendy, um, who's obviously got the great attacking potential, or Ederson, who's the most nailed on member of that back five. Um, also, he's been thinking of getting in KDB, um, but basically he's 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 just concerned about all the midfielder rotation that's going on. Also, what's your thoughts on Bernardo Silva? Well, between Ederson and, I mean, I had Ederson and I switched to Mendy and I would always go with Mendy over Edison but if you can't afford or you want more money why not look at Laporte I mean the guy's been playing in every game he's he's scoring um, I think um, he, he's a great option um, KDB he started tonight um, he came on in the weekend I still think he needs time for his price range there's a lot of other players that are worth it more than him at the moment. So for me, he's one that you need to watch. Bernardo Silva is a strange one. I really like him. He just seems to be really inconsistent. But he's cheap. So he's one of those, you know, I think earlier we said Martial is a punt. I would say Silva's also a punt because although he might play, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, you, you just don't know. You're not guaranteed if he's going to return or not. 
So I think uh, what I would say is um, look for somebody like, you know, see if you can, if you're looking at KDB, then can you not stretch to, to Sterling? Mendy, Edison, look at Laporte if you can't afford Mendy. Uh, and then with Silva, there's other players around his price range from different teams that are, that are delivering more. That, that's my opinion. Done. Uh, I, I'm just going to stick my neck out here a little bit and say I think Mares is definitely worth a look. I think he's coming into that City team now. He's starting. I think he started the last three games, including tonight, and we all know what he's capable of. And uh, he's played alongside KDB tonight. I know, so he might be a threat to his place, but he's played alongside him tonight, and I think he's starting to find his feet there. And 8.6, if he can deliver what we know he can. I just I just have a funny feeling about him. I think everyone needs a piece of that Man City midfield because they're just so prolific and they fire so many shots. I think you just need a bit of it. If you can stretch the KDB for an easy life and you don't have to worry about rotation, that's fine. But otherwise, I think you just need to grab a piece of it and just not complain. Inevitably get rotated sometimes. I, I, I agree with you, Ken. Uh, what I said before, uh, for me, the reason I think Mendy, I hate this, the E-word, essential, but he's a defender and a midfielder in one. You yeah. get you get the clean sheet and you get the attacking returns. And he's guaranteed to play. In more, he's played in every, every time he's been fit, he played. So for me, he's actually the cheapest midfielder they have. If you think yeah, about I'm it. I'm kind of hoping yeah. that himself and Aguero are enough cover with Man City. But I do agree, Mahrez, I mean... Because he has the discount, he wasn't priced as a Man, Man City midfielder at the start of the game. He's um, he's definitely one that you can have in, and even if he does get rotated, it's not going to hurt you too much. And I think Man City are so explosive that players can come off the bench and score anyway. Um, so um, Mares is definitely one I'd be keeping an eye on. Same as Sané actually as well. It is difficult, Mares, as you mentioned there, you know, to get up to that sterling price. It is very difficult to get from the nine mil to the eleven mil, um, especially when we all want to have Hazard in our team. Um, and if those of us, especially who have Salah, you're definitely looking at um, you're you're stretched economically um, to get up to sterling. But um, Mares, yeah, if he's if he goes back to his old Leicester form, he's definitely he'd definitely be a great option. Um, Ken Fantasy King was asking, um, is it time to put Ken, Kane away till after the Christmas? Um, he brought him in for Cardiff game and kept him for West Ham too. I feel your pain, buddy. Um, next dilemma is Harold and Sergio now face off in game week 10. Does that mean that I hold Kane for another week or move to Sergio now? So um, that that's one that I definitely move straight from Kane to Sergio because I prefer to have Aguero up against Spurs rather than Spurs up against Aguero, um, Man City um, and I think that the foreign player I just want to have Aguero back in my team and I've had enough of Kane but um, what's your thinking on moving from that making that move this game week with the two of them facing up against each other yeah definitely you know I, I think Aguero is definitely the player to have there and Man City's defence is it's very impressive and Harry Kane, he's just not, as we discussed earlier, he's he's just not doing it, you know. And Wolves away as well, after that, isn't the, isn't the best fixture. They're a very good defensive team. I just think once once Tottenham get back all their midfielders, you know, particularly Dembele playing 90 and Deli Alli, who's kind of play as that kind of seconds, you know, that kind of Lampard kind of role, that midfielder coming in to, to meet crosses, then... Tottenham can just go back to what they do best, which is what they did last season, and just having Harry Kane up front as the lone striker and three attacking midfielders behind him. And 
once that happens, then I'm going to ha- have a, definitely have another look at Harry Kane. But right now he's knackered. He's playing in a completely weird position. And uh, whereas Aguero, I think, even though he's not maybe getting the minutes that you'd like at the moment, that's not to say it won't happen in the future. Uh, he's by far the best prospect, and he's cheaper as well. Yeah, geez, we have we have Kante playing as as an attacking winger for Chelsea, and we have Harry Kane playing as a defensive central midfielder. What is going on? Kane? I know, I know. It, the it's, world it's, has gone mad. Yeah, hundred uh, percent agree though. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, Mersey Samant H Naktar was asking um, again. Now this is the Juan Bissaka question, basically, because I know a lot of people are kind of a little bit despairing. And I mentioned the Crystal Palace fixture list, but um, that he hasn't done anything in recent time. But do you think is is using a transfer on Juan Bissaka um, a good policy? And if you were getting rid of him, who would you bring in? No, I don't think it is. I mean, look, when you bought him, you probably bought him at four million, four point one max. Um, you just put him as your fifth, your fifth <laughs> defender in in the tough fixtures. Now, if he's only, if you if you, if you happen to have two other non-playing defenders and he's your third, and you want to move him on, then that's fine. Um, which I very much doubt it. But it, I mean, look, there's no like for like because at his price, apart from Bennett from Wolves. Uh, hardly anybody else is starting, but well, it, that's at his original price. Now, if you look around the 4.3, 4.4, you can look at people like the Brighton defenders, Duffy. Uh, you can look at um, I just had uh, Huddersfield defenders. They had their fixtures coming up are not that bad. Now, listen, I would I wouldn't say go buy Huddersfield players. I'm saying if you want to replace Wambisaka with another bench player, which is why I think it's a wasted transfer, then you look at people like the Huddersfield defenders cause, because of their fixtures coming up. Uh, Brighton, for sure, they seem to be able to keep clean sheets. Um, and then if you want to stretch a little bit more, again, I'm not impressed with them, but Newcastle, so Yedlin at 4.5. For me, the ultimate answer is you keep Wambisaka and he's a season keeper. Yeah, the only reason, the only way is if somebody was lulled into belief that you could use him as a playing third defender, um, and then they might be getting a little bit kind of irritated by seeing no returns. Whereas I think that put him down as your your fourth, fifth midfielder or defender, and you're going to be happy to keep him there for. If you're on wildcard or something and you want to change him out, then um, you know have at it. But for his attacking returns, um, I think I'd I'd keep him there anyway. Um, and at that price tag um, this the next one up um, this is from our friends at who got the assist podcast um, so um, I'll give this one to you actually Ken and I'll ask kind of how like you can assess basically my mood um, to what asse- well, to what extent does Don feel that Mars's mind games are affecting his management so Ken do you think his Mars's mind games affecting my management style well Don you're you're having the season of your life by the looks of it you know so you know, well, I love the patronize. I love the the patronizing attitude. Can no, uh, not just, not at all. I mean, in yeah, fairness, no, no, I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. I've 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 no problem patronizing you before about uh, you know <laughs> when you beat me in the head to head, and I thought it was you know my lowest point as an FPL manager. But oh, I was, <laughs> but like you know, I was looking at the, at, at my own um, Irish Examiner League, you know, one time and. You were like you were up, right up there. You were in the top twenty or something. I, I had yeah. to click it and check. You know that. I that, was hoping I'd get a shout that, out in the paper, but it's no, changed. It didn't happen, Ken. It's changed, Ken. 
Yeah, I know it has no. Have turned. I know it has no. Have turned. No, that's it. Only way is done for done. I know, but just don't, don't, don't let him get in your head. Don't let him get. In. You just play your own game. I'm already in his head. Play the course, uh, Ken. I'm already in his head. Yeah, and Ken, I'm in his account, and I'm doing transfers as we speak. That's the most effective strategy. I like that. Yeah. So right, this um, time I'm starting Capistelli, so you don't have to put him in. He's already in. <laughs> um, Marzi, uh, John G. Grifters United was asking, what's your suggestions for TAA owners? Is it a sideways move, sideways move to Lovren or Van Dyke or Gomez? That's Robertson is obviously too high for John, um, or punt elsewhere like Holabas, Duffy or Maguire. So, um, what's your thinking on Trent Alexander-Arnold? I I don't think it's a sideways move if you swap to a Liverpool player. Look, Liverpool have been quite um, tight at the back. They've been quite strong. Obviously, TA is being, I think it's being rested more than rotated personally just for his age and just, you know, Klopp is being careful with him. I do think he'll play again. I won't be surprised if he plays against Cardiff. Um, however, Gomez, Van Dyke, and Robertson are more guaranteed than him. Um, uh, I'm not sold on Lovren. <laughs> Maybe that's me as a Liverpool, play- Liverpool fan talking. As much as I sometimes love him, he does have a halo or two in him. Uh, I. I have this feeling that it will be either Lovren or TAA in the team with Gomez sw- switching to right back if, if Lovren plays and then TAA is, r- is right back if Gomez plays. So I would say go for Gomez or Van Dijk personally. Gomez could be a nice punt. Is, does he have a goal in him? I don't know. But he does attack a bit more when he's when he's at right back. Um, he, so I can see a couple of assists. We've all been waiting for this Van Dijk goal if it comes. But you know with defenders like we've said before, uh, you, you're going for the clean sheet first, then then the, the attacking returns. Um, mm. Would I go anywhere else? I think it's important. Again, I'm not going to say essential because I hate that word, but it's important to have Liverpool cover in defence at this uh, with the fixtures coming up and at this stage. Nice one. And I don't think we've seen the last of um, TA in defence anyway. I think he's just he's a very young player, and I think he's just getting a bit of a rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real minefield. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's going on there as a Liverpool fan as well myself. You know, it's it's very frustrating for his FPL owners. But um, I, I, while I wouldn't buy him now, I don't think it's necessarily a time to sell him, you know, especially I wouldn't be doing any transfer moves anyway before all these Champions League uh, fixtures are over with. Um, I suppose there's always Virgil van Dijk, but, you know, I, he's, I don't think he's worth a million more than Lovren, for example, uh, I think the safe play would be getting Allison for 5.6 because you you know he's definitely going to start. Again, I suppose like my marriage out, I just have a kind of uh, just like Maris said, I have a gut feeling as well about Joe Gomez. He might be the way to go. I think uh, he forged a good partnership with Van Dyke when they, he was playing in the centre, and I think if Trent comes back into the side, Gomez might just be pushed back in as a centre back and replace Lovren. And so, even though he's not as effective an attacker as Trent, their stats are not a million miles away from each other. So, there's I wouldn't completely rule out an attacking return from him as well. Nice one, Ken. Um, sticking with you on this one, Guy at FBL Planner. He's a couple of questions, okay? So, um, he's wondering about Trippier. So, is it time to get rid of Trippier as well as Kane um, with their relatively touch, tough fixture list coming up? 
also um, has moving Ricardison up front um, out of position like has it actually reduced his effectiveness from an FBL point of view what's your thinking on that with Trippier I, I have been a bit critical of him before but I mean he has performed very well having said that I think again if you can replace him with Mendy then that's definitely the way to go and Spurs are just looking just they're, they're having a fantastic season but they just don't look that good uh, as far as Richarlison goes, uh, I saw a tweet uh, this uh, tonight that apparently uh, Marco Silva has been trying to convert him to a centre forward, even back at Watford. So uh, that's a long-term project. So he's, it looks like he's going to be there for the for the long term. Looking at his heat maps, um, he actually still drifts out to the left a lot. So. It, he still has a tendency to do that, so he's. I think he's struggling to actually become um, a central attacker. Now his touches in the final third, his passes received in the final third, his penalty area touches are up since he was moved as into the striker position. But strangely, his goal attempts are way down compared to his, uh, you know, average goal attempts in those last two games uh, compared to games weeks one to seven. Is one goal attempt comp- uh, versus two point eight. So. In the short term, yes, he has become less effective as far as goal attempts go since moving as a striker. But I wouldn't be any mad rush to get rid of him. I think he's getting used to his position. I'd say give him a bit of time. Yeah, he might be suffering from a bit of the Firmino thing uh, where he's the focal point in the attack, but he's not necessarily the one who's, uh, who's getting in the positions to score then afterwards. Um, the another follow-on question actually that um, the FBL planner popped in with was um, wondering he's got Milner. Um, is it worth should you hold on to him or basically um, upgrade Salah now? So um, he obviously leaves a bit of cash in the bank if he's been holding on to Milner basically there as kind of a bit of a placeholder. Um, what's your thinking on Salah? His stats, as we've talked about, um, he says they're still stop at the top of the table, but. Has he finally begun to find the form to reward those who spent so much on keeping him in there? So um, what's your thinking on that one as a fellow Salah owner? Well, uh, I mean, people are kind of clamouring to get Salah now, whereas I'm kind of looking for the exit door, you know. Um, having it, it, It's not easy owning Salah. I can tell any, anyone who's thinking of getting him, it's really not easy owning Salah because you, you're really straight-jacketed with all that cash invested in one player who isn't really doing it. I mean, he's he's looking slowly better and, I mean, obviously keep him for this week. But I would just caution about anyone rearranging their team or making any big moves for Salah it's 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 not it may not be all it's cracked up to be you know and you'd really want to have him part of your long term strategy and I'm not sure his point his form really justifies that. So as a Milner owner right now is possibly don't don't necessarily go jumping straight to Salah even though if that was your plan all along. Sorry, sorry, Milner or Salah. There's only one choice. No, this no is a he's, he's he's wondering whether or not he should actually move. Salah probably was his plan, yeah, I I'd would. imagine, if, to move from Milner move, to Salah for this fixture and for the. I absolutely would. If you can move without damaging your team, if I'm asked a straight question, should I move from Milner to Salah? Yes. We're talking Salah is not delivering yet. He's th- he's the third highest scoring midfielder. Yeah, they so, say. This guy must have seven million in the bank. That's, that's <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it's straightforward. I agree. 
<laughs> unless he has two free transfers or whatever. But if it is two free transfers, if it is a straight move from Milner to Salah, it's a no-brainer for me. Nice one. Um, next one up, Mars, is from Prashant Tuari. So um, his question was about Richardson. Now, Ken mentioned about the outer position, his stats going down. He's mentioned his tough games, um, you know, between good home games, but he isn't guaranteed to return even in the easier games. Um, so what if you are moving off Richardson, okay, just let's take it for granted that just for the sake of argument that you are moving off him, who would be the best replacements? Madison, he reckons, has been lucky with his returns or anyone else. Plus, is two Wolves defence a bit much now? Now, I know the, the Wolves double-up is something I knew we probably would be talking about this um, this pod because it's worked out brilliantly for a double-up um, in earlier on the season, but this last game week it obviously burnt people a little bit. Um, but what's your thinking on if, if you were moving from Richardson, would it be Madison? And have you got any other alternatives that someone might want to move to? Who would you be your preferred alternatives? Madison is not a bad shot, but I wouldn't actually move away from Richarlison yet. They seem to have easy, tough, easy, tough games-wise, Everton. So, you know, just he didn't. Okay, he didn't score in one of the games. If you have him in your team, and he's saying it's either Richarlison or Madison, he must have other premium midfielders in there. So you, if he scores one and two, it's not really bad. Um, so for me, I would stick with Richarlison. Uh, for now you know they're playing against United and then they have a home game so can you not keep a clean sheet I don't know normally Everton Everton United games have always been one of those you know uh, tough games for both teams and, and a lot of goals and United are conceding so I wouldn't be selling Richardson right now however Madison is a great option if you want to move from Richardson to Madison you don't have him uh, as for Wolves I think you know like we need to all just take a little bit of a chill pill um, again you look at if you look at your players you probably your Wolves defenders are either your third defender or your fourth defender because you have two or three other better players so yeah by all means if you want to move okay so you have a keeper if you have a rotating keeper you can always choose the other keeper if you want to move on from a 4.5 or, or if you have Doherty or Bolly or Johnny or down to Bennett, there are a few options, but are they better than Wolves? I don't think so. I don't think Huddersfield or Brighton are better than Wolves. Um, so I wouldn't be moving um, off Wolves, guys. I mean, okay, they have Brighton next. They have two tough games. Uh, then they have Huddersfield and Cardiff. So if you want to move them off for... You know, if, if if they are your third defender and you need you need a third defender when they play Spurs and Arsenal, then yeah, by all means you can go to Brighton or you can go to Huddersfield uh, or Newcastle. Uh, and then, but then they are playing Huddersfield at home and Cardiff away. I expect at least one clean sheet out of those two. Mm. Yeah, I I I do I'd agree with that. Um, I like. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, if you have good three good playing defenders, you can bench them. You can bench your two two Wolves defenders for eleven and twelve, and then you know when you, you'll be glad you had them. You, you, you're glad you still have them. Then when they you're looking for them to play Huddersfield and Cardiff, if you sell them now, you'll you'll, you'll only just want them back. Soon. So just hang on to them, but just make sure you have three good defenders 
who are going to play for game weeks 11 and 12. And you know what? If Doherty, if you have to bring in Doherty for one of those games, it's not the end of the world. Excellent, sensible advice, Ken. Marzi, FBL Claris was asking, um, to get Hazard in, I'd have to downgrade Alonso. Is that worth it? And if so, which 4.5 to 5.2 million defender would you be looking at bringing in? I think uh, Hazard, if if fit, is 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 really important to have. And uh, we we've all been saying that Alonso is not um, really delivering that much. Um, so yeah, if if I was asked that question straight up, um, I would say yes. Um, you know. Go for it and downgrade Alonso to get Hazard. It's uh, it's not a bad one. We already said with a lot, you know you can keep the Chelsea connection. It depends how much you need to go back down by, but it sounds like he needs to go down to 4.5. He already has Robertson, Doherty, Aaron, uh, uh, Biscuit, and Peltier. You need to get rid of Peltier. Uh, so I think you should go for. Uh, 4.5 of uh, Brighton. I think Brighton is your best option with that with that lineup that you have. But my only concern is, uh, you know, he's got uh, only Robertson now uh, as a premium premium defender. So you need to be careful with that one. But uh, if you're going to get Darren Alonso uh, to get the money to get Hazard uh, based on the defenders that you have, then I would go with the Brighton defender right now. I was I was about to suggest actually that he uh, was for he could. To a Liverpool defender for five point for five point one five point two, but uh, if he has Peltier who's at three point nine, then he's going to have to save some funds to replace him. Yeah. Um. Thanks a million. Um. That's all we got time for on tonight's show. Um. Thank you very much, Ken. You've been a fantastic guest as always. Um. All of our listeners, of course, should be following you already at Ken Rooney, and reading your article at Irish Examiner every week. Um, it's one of my favourite reads every single game week anyway. I, I really enjoy it. And I do hope to see my name up there someday, someday, Ken. You'll get there. Yeah, I'll get there. You just have to keep on trucking away, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We have Bean, the three amigos. Uh, Mars, who you can find at Mars05. Kylie, who you can find at KylieFPL. And myself, you can find at The Marple Curse. We hope you've enjoyed listening in. Check us out at 3amigosfpl dot com where you will find our latest blog posts and links to our social channels please like share and rate the podcast as it helps us out a lot thanks as always for your support good luck in game week 10 adios amigos